So she was a writer. Now, the rest of her life then, she um, was concerned about uh, politics and America's future. And so I I have to kind of shorten this because I could talk all day about it. But in in the 1940s and 50s, if you were awake, the threat was the Soviet communists. And they were communists. They hated Christians. They, they, They hated them. And they were coming for them. And so her whole thing started from her faith. She was Catholic, that she was, she saw this and she was organizing to stay strong against the Soviets. And a lot of Americans were like, well, let the Soviets, how bad could they be? I mean, we might get along with them. And they're like, no, no, they hate Christians. They hate God. And so that was where she cut her teeth. And then during this period, she used to testify before Congress and that people would say, are you a lawyer? And she'd say no. And then they'd, they'd sort of shake their head. So she, she, she had worked her way through Washington University undergrad. And her job during that time was testing ammo at a, at a, uh, at a, uh, 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 range in North St. Louis where they were making bullets during World That's War II. Crazy. True story. Yeah. And then, so she goes back to law, uh, law school at Wash U and graduates number two in her class. So she doesn't have to be asked if you're a lawyer. And, um, <laughs> and uh, along the way, she fine-tuned a couple of things that are actually historic in the history of America and actually the West. One of them was she was the first person who could organize uh, in in politics and unite people that not fighting about who's going to hell and who's going to heaven. Because until Phyllis did it, you wouldn't stand next to a Baptist if you were a Catholic. And if you were a Baptist, you wouldn't stand next to a Mormon. You wouldn't stand. These are you, these were not acceptable things. And Phyllis said, hey, wait, we're being threatened by these people that want to take away our families. We got to stand arm in arm, arm in arm. And she did that. And then when she did it in, in the early 70s and succeeded in beating the ERA, it's called, this was a Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, in the late 70s, Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority and Ronald Reagan took that model and, and, the, and the, the conservative religious people ended up sticking together. And that was one thing she did. The second thing that she mm. did was uh, she she really did um, mains. She really was the counterweight, uh, both politically and I think more broadly, of the feminists. The, it, it feels weird to us now because we're just it's an onslaught of just lunacy, transgender, everything. But there was a period where the feminists were uh, ascendant in the 60s and 70s in America. And Phyllis was the counterweight. And she was saying things like, you know, and she used to give speeches and she'd say, I had it all, just not all at once. Meaning she was a housewife for one part of her life and a mother for another part. And and she didn't, when people said, I had, I want it all. She said, it's not, you can't, you can't have it all, but not all at once. You know, you, you've got to make these. And she, she was an extraordinary counterweight in uh, in that um, in that period, and and the last thing I would say that in this environment that is really uh, hard to describe, almost everybody in politics is sold out. I know it's going to sound a little dramatic, even our guys, even our side, because they need to get paid, they need to survive, and so you got to go find money. And if your budget for your think tank is a hundred million dollars, you got to go find a hundred million dollars a year. There's a lot of people you got to ask, and one of one of them says, "Hey, hey, just go a little light on that, uh, you know, TikTok ban." You know, you're like, oh, "Oh, maybe I'll just go a little." That's how life is. You wish we can wish it was different, but that's how life is. Phyllis, because of how she set things up, she never needed anybody. Her husband paid the bills for her family. Phyllis was very, very frugal, so she was consequently. Um, she was not, she never, I'd say this, she never sold out. Mm. You can, I can go with you and we can look at somebody we like a lot and he's a good guy. And I'm not saying anything, this is life. And you say, well, on this issue, he didn't say it's strong. And it probably relates to some way that it had to happen. Phyllis never had to do that. And that, that, 
that's an extraordinary gift to the country because of the, the way she was able to maintain that through line. Look, after the Soviet Union fell, she didn't say, oh, wouldn't it be great if we made all of Russia into um, uh, you know, America? No, she said, the communists are gone. Good. We'll see what they do. But the real threat in the world is the Chinese communists. And starting in the early 90s, she started writing about the Chinese communists, saying <laughs> the threat is not Russia being corrupt. We got corruption in America. The threat is the communists who want to destroy us. There's a difference between being being corrupt or misguided and being, you know, a threat to America. And, and she had that kind of clarity. Hmm. Hey, thanks for uh, watching this short with us today. And if you like it, check out our full episodes on our uh, channel and website. Uh, we'll put those in the links below. And as always, Scott, like and subscribe or subscribe and then like whatever order you want, really. Whatever order you like. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>